guys, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Picture this, okay? You're laying in bed on a cold Sunday morning. Your feet are all toasty under those blankets and you open your eyes to a beautiful ray of sunshine that's peeking through the curtains, shining directly on your face. And then you hear the twenties start to awaken. <laughs> now you knew they were gonna wake up because they are like clockwork. They get up every day at this time for a bottle. But you know what you get today? you get an extra few minutes of that snuggling experience because you have the Baby Brezza Formula Pro Advance with Wi-Fi. So all you have to do is tuck your hand outside of those blankets, grab your phone, open the app, and you're already preparing the bottle right there from the comfort of your super warm bed. And that's actually just one of the amazing things that Baby Brezza has to offer us. And you would truthfully think that everything they made was just with twin parents in mind. From their formula prep to their one-step sterilizer to their baby food makers. Honestly, it's mind-blowing the great stuff that they have. So to find out more about their latest innovations or to learn more about the things I just told you about because you want to have a super snuggly Sunday morning, head on over to babybretza.com. I realize that maybe every episode we might want to introduce ourselves to people. What do oh, you think? You think? Maybe. Why, do you assume that people know who you are when it no, comes to 20 diversity? No. I'm surprised. Some people are like, oh my God, that's you. And I'm like, me? What? Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. I assume everybody knows who I am. I would yeah, hope. They know you better than me. Okay. Well, hey guys, I'm Natalie Diaz, founder of Twiniversity and author of What to Do When You're, what, what am I? Oh God, Lord, I can't even introduce myself. Okay. I'm going to try again. Take two. Um, hey guys, I'm Natalie Diaz, founder of Twiniversity and author of What to Do When You're Having Two. I'm the mom of uh, 400 year old twins, the wife of a pretty decent husband, weirdly. I don't know. It's getting better actually as the kids get bigger. So that's, that's hopeful. And what else would be my claim to fame? I'm the most disorganized small business owner you could ever possibly imagine. All right, Lauren, what's your intro? Uh, hi, I'm Lauren Oak. I am uh, the resident postpartum doula for Twiniversity. I am a mom of four crazy girls, set of twins in the middle of that. Uh, grandma also, believe it or not, um, <laughs> wife of a crazy husband, but I'll keep him. And like you said, he's get he's pretty decent. So, uh, and, uh, a Long Islander. I love Long Island. I like that. And you're also the owner of a dog with micro legs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that dog, that dog's legs. He, he looks like it was hit over the head with a big mallet and his yeah, on his back. 
Like yeah. as a puppy, they removed the bone from his elbow to his shoulder. Yes, yes, he's missing parts of his legs, maybe. He's got a big, normal-sized dog body and little legs. Did you ever do like a dog DNA test on him? No, and we argue because I swear he is part Basset Hound. And Dan is like, no way. And I said, look at his little legs. It could be I- Corgi. It could be Dachshund. He's long like a Dachshund, though. Yeah, but he has like the body of like maybe like a lab, but then he's got this crazy, weird, curly tail. He's just, I don't know. It's like a pug. That's what you get when you adopt a dog at a bar. Please, Lauren, please tell us that story. Um, We had no dogs. Our dogs had passed away. We hadn't had a dog in a few years. And my husband went to go watch... Uh, football with his brother at a local bar and um he called me and said can you come pick me up I'm like all right I go pick him up and he's standing in front of the bar with this puppy and he's like oh, they had they had like a dog adoption like a rescue thing outside the door of yes. the bar genius and I said to him put the dog down and he said no I want the dog and he had a few drinks in him and I said no we're not getting the dog and um he wouldn't leave until we got the dog. So we got the dog. <laughs> but and he's the best dog. That's my favorite story of how dogs came to be. By the way, setting up a dog adoption outside of a bar is genius yes. on a Sunday. It was Sunday, no? Sunday. Yep. So smart. So we almost got his brother too. Oh my this God. Imagine. Brother, but then the, he was adopted. He was, he's a good dog. I have to say he came housebroken. He was like six weeks old. Not one problem, except that he chewed up Emily's glasses like a week after we got him. But that was it. Then the chewing stopped and he never had an accident in the house. He is, he kind of is like a stuffed animal now. He just kind of lays around. No. How old is he now? He's eight. Eight. Cooper. So you got him the same time as, as we got Betty. Yeah. Around the same time. That's ridiculous. What happened? Why did we do that? But I have no regrets about my Yeah, dog. no, I don't regret getting him. He was he was a good uh, addition to the family. Did, was he able to walk up the steps with no. his tiny legs? No, he, if he did, he would go like his, he would put his two front paws up and then like lift himself up and then put the other two up. It took him a long time to go upstairs. And like, sometimes I just scoop him up and bring him up the stairs because I felt bad for him because he would just sit there like, I can't do it. What about getting down the stairs? It was the same thing. He would like sit there and like be scared. Oh, so he's bigger now, obviously. So, but he can do it. But since his body is so big in comparison to his tiny legs, I'd be worried that he would fall down. Jump with two legs at a time instead of going like normal, like one, like left foot, right foot. Yeah. Like it was bizarre. I wish I would have videotaped that because it was very funny. I wish you would have too. That's too cute. Oh, my God. Our dogs are the best, I have to say. Don't get a dog till your kids in like in fourth grade, though. I think that's going to be my best dog advice. Yeah, I think Molly was in first grade or kindergarten at the time. So that it was a good age because like the twins were, I want to say third grade. So like yeah. they were excited and they were, I was like, OK, you got to walk the dog. You got to feed the dog. And they still do. They, they definitely take care of the dog and they love this dog. My kids love the dog, but nobody takes, I mean, they walk her. See here, we have to walk the dog. You yeah, just we, open the back door. We can just open the back door, but they do walk her him once in a while just to get out, get him out of the house. And, you know. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I want to tell you about today's guest, which has literally nothing to do with any of this. Uh And it's actually a little bit of a serious topic. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk to Erica Gutierrez today. So she is a mom of two, four, five kids. Had to literally count them. Beats me. She totally beats you. And this is how else she beats you. She has two sets of twins. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So when we first found her and I knew I wanted to interview her, um, I we reached out to her. But since then, so the guys, for you that are, that are listening, we tape these at all different times. So some of some of these episodes, they may have been taped last week. Some of these episodes could have been taped two months ago. It really depends on how we want to release the schedule and how we base the schedule for, I don't know, even know if you know this, Lauren, but how we base the schedule is we try to balance it. So if it's a very heavy topic, Mm -hmm. we don't have like four weeks of heavy topics because nobody, it's too much. And not saying that 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 story wasn't valid, but we just want to make sure that we are living a very balanced life and not always pursuing um, or I'm not pursuing this, the wrong word, putting, we're not painting twin life in a very negative way. If we did 800 weeks in a row. Yeah. So this is one of our more serious topics. And what happened was, is when we met her, she was still expecting her second set of twins. Uh-huh. So I was like, Ooh, I want to talk to her because I want to know, like when you're pregnant for the second time with a set of twins, is the pregnancy more enjoyable because you're less stressed And you know, like, okay, like, you know, the first outcome was okay. And maybe you could enjoy it a little bit more because so many people that are pregnant with twins, they they're so consumed with, oh my God, early delivery and freaking out about this. So that's really what I wanted to talk to her about. But unfortunately she actually delivered the babies since we first wanted to interview her. Okay. And it, 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 you know, I'm not usually lost for words. Yeah. But like, I've been thinking about her a lot. Like I'm, I go to bed and she's on my mind. Aww. And so she had her first set of twins. They were born at 38 weeks, fraternal okay. twins. And everything was great. Then okay. she gets pregnant when those twins were only a few months old. Oh boy. I know, I know a lot of people that that happened to. So she gets pregnant with the second set of twins. The first set of twins being fraternal, for those of you in the twin world, know that fraternal twins don't come. They come with, of course, complications, and they could come with complications, I should say. But they don't come with like a bag of their own special goodies. They're just two babies that happen to be in there at the same time. Yep. But the second set of twinnies are identicals. And there's issue. There can be issues with that. Yes. So I can't remember if they were Momo twins or Modi twins. I think that they were Momo twins. And she ended up needing the twin to twin ablation surgery. Oh, okay. So we're going to talk to her about that. And her babies are still in the NICU. Oh, how early did she have them? Do you remember? She had, of course I remember. So she had them at 29 weeks and one day, I believe. Wow. So that's a whole different experience than the first set of twins. It is. But you know, the thing that's really bothering me is that like, I didn't say this to her during the episode. And when she listens to this, don't be mad at me, Erica. But when we were talking, I kept thinking I was getting angry, not at her, 
but at her medical team. Because I don't think they were really listening to her. Wow, I hate that. And she's from the West Coast and not saying that here we would do any better. I know that we, that there's, you know, whatever, guys, I I really... When we talk about like how you have to advocate for yourself and it's important to do that. I feel like a broken freaking record. Well, I think some people get intimidated by doctors like, oh, they're so smart and everything. But sometimes there's a lot to say for going with your gut. You know, not just going with the flow, not that you should go against your doctor's orders or whatever, but like sometimes there is a little something more to it. There's this, and even if you don't know, and this is a truth, I get all tongue tied because I get so mad. Now I'm not saying you need to have a birth plan or birth preferences sheet, but here's the, th- what, the reason why I like to, to kind of not force people to do it, but recommend, because I want yeah. people to know that there are options. Yes. Yes. It doesn't always have to be one set way. Nope. And it may not even go that way. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, if you knew that you had options, and yep. you perhaps had a discussion with your partner or your parent or whoever is going to be at your side during your birth. If they knew what you wanted, yes, then maybe there might be a little bit more clarity to the medical staff. <clears throat> Definitely. So we're going to talk to Erica. She's going to tell us this story. And the, t- the title is, this is, I poop you not. The title is, how TikTok saved her twins. Ooh, that's my favorite app now lately. I know. That's why we have our team TikTok secret, <laughs> secret text chain that yes. not all of our friends are in on. They won't listen to this. So that's the good news is that I could always count on our friends to ignore everything that we do. Yes. Nobody cares. <laughs> So I really think you will, you'll get, especially as the doula in you, Yes, the doula in you is going to lose your crap when you hear this. I'm going to have to listen to it. <sighs> All right. Are you ready to meet Erica? Yes. All right. Without further ado, guys, here is Miss Erica Gutierrez. Erica, I can't believe that you are spending time with us today when your baby's are still in the NICU. <laughs> I know it's, I, I just, um, go with them at 10 in mm-hmm. the morning. So I had time before at nine <laughs> to be here, but thank you for having me. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, now you definitely would qualify as a super duper mom. So you are the mama of five girls. You have your oldest daughter who is five. Then you have your 15 month old twin girls. And now you have another set of twin girls and they are a month old now uh but you delivered them a little bit early but five girls <sighs> yes it's crazy um it, uh, when we found out we were having our first set of twins and we knew it was fraternal twins we were like you know what i hope i hope we have one boy and one girl you know and so we had the gender reveal and i could have sworn like there's one boy in there <laughs> And as soon as like it was pink confetti everywhere, we were just like, I was happy. I'm not going to lie. But my husband was just like in shock. Like, <laughs> how am I going to have three girls? <laughs> so then we went fast forward. We're having twins again. We're like, we knew they were identical. So mm-hmm. we knew it was either two girls or two boys. And my husband was like, oh, my goodness, I hope it's uh, two boys. But 
he's just meant to be a girl dad. That's it. That's literally, yeah. that's what's going to happen. How yeah. old were the first set of twenties when you found out that you were expecting another set? Five months old. <laughs> they were still like, they were just laying down in the bed as I was telling my husband that we were going to have twins again. Cause we knew we were pregnant. Okay. But, um, so Basically, when I found that I was pregnant again, I had my first appointment. I asked the doctor, like the first question I asked him, is it one baby? And he said there was one baby. So me and my husband were like, you know what? We got this. Like we've already been through twins. Having one baby is nothing. So we were already content with the fact we're having one more baby. So then I go to my second appointment and the doctor's like still going through the whole um, appointment with just seeing one baby. But mm -hmm. I, I was, I saw the ultrasound. I was like, wait, what is this? I see something here. I thought it was maybe like the, I don't know, the placenta or mm -hmm. I don't know, something else. So he like directs the sonogram to it and he's like, oh, there's another heartbeat. You're having another baby. I was like, no. Oh my gosh. At first I, we just could, I couldn't, I couldn't, like I was going to faint because obviously I know it's, I've already gone through the experience mm -hmm. with twins, you know, it's, it's double the work and it can be exhausting. So just thinking of having like two sets, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like how, how am I going to survive this? <laughs> I, I, well, you are, you're surviving yeah. it. But <laughs> yeah. when it, when, like, how did you even find out that you were like pregnant? Because at five months after delivering 20s, your period is so wacky that like it takes sometimes, you know, like a, a bit to, to kind of regulate. Did you immediately go back to having regular periods? Like how soon after delivery? You know, I think so. I mean, I can't really remember. I think the first time around it was, but mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if it was my period or if mm -hmm. it was just the C-section, like that I was still, you know, like bleeding from that because yeah. with, when my delivery with the first set of twins, I had both, uh, like a vaginal delivery and a C-section. So I was like, maybe it's just extra blood or I don't know. And I know like it's five months in, but mm -hmm. that was just like, those were just my thoughts. But then after, I, um, the, OB just mentioned, you know what? I think it is your period. And since I wasn't fully breastfeeding, cause one of the twins didn't want to take, mm -hmm. she didn't want to do breastfeeding. She's like, maybe it is like your period. But by then, I mean, I had already like, I guess found out I was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> but oh my yeah, gosh. so it was, it was, it was, it's crazy. meant to be, it's, it's meant to be. Now your yeah. first daughter, you went full term 40 weeks. You delivered yes. mm -hmm. your twenties. You basically went full term. You delivered them at 30, 38 weeks. <laughs> and yeah. you just kind of slipped in uh, that it was a uh, vaginal and a C-section. So mm -hmm. what, when you had your, when you had your baby a vaginally, what was the reason that they decided to deliver baby B via C-section? So there was a point when they were both face down, mm -hmm. but I guess kind of like towards the end, twin B ended up being transverse. Okay. They um, told me they would still go forward with a vaginal delivery because it's, I guess it occurs that when the first baby comes out, there's more room or space and the, the second baby just fixes itself. But that was not the case with me the doctor was like trying to um 
I guess, flip her for about mm-hmm. 40 minutes. Mm. And that just didn't, just didn't work. He ended up just doing an emergency C-section okay. towards the end. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was it. How did you feel about that? Was that disappointing or were you like, I'm just happy this is over? No, I was very disappointed <laughs> because I really, I did, I just didn't want to see section. Like I've had surgeries before this, like mm-hmm. just other, and I know it hurts. <laughs> like, I know it's like a, it's painful. So I just didn't want to see section. So yeah. I know like even like waiting for the second baby to come, I was just mm-hmm. pushing like my best, like, no, come on. Like, I didn't care. Like, and the thing is, I know that there's doctors that also deliver breech babies. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting like, at least for the doctor to try to deliver her breech, mm-hmm. but I don't think he was, he wanted to do that. So yeah, yeah I was a bit disappointed towards the end to have a C-section. Oh. Yeah. So then when you found out that you were expecting another set of twins, did mm-hmm. you think about your delivery or how soon did you start thinking about your delivery? And did you even have, did you, did you make it far enough to even have those thoughts or were you just too busy with the girls? Well, I mean, I think at that point I had already gone through the C-section mm-hmm. and I think my, my, um, leave how would you say labor and deliveries or Mm -hmm. just deliveries? They haven't been so great. So by that time I was just accepting the fact that I would have a C-section again, especially Mm -hmm. since it's so soon. And I know like it takes about a year to heal completely from a C-section. I was like, I don't think it'll be a good idea to try to do it vaginally. So in my head, I had already just made up the fact that I was going to have a C-section. I was like planning, like, you know what? I'm just going to pick a date. Everything's mm-hmm. going to go smooth. <laughs> um, I'm going to like wake up one day at a certain time. I'm just going to walk in. I already know. Cause I tend to have my babies like in the middle of the night. So the next yeah. day I'm just like exhausted with no sleep. Mm-hmm. So this one I was planning on like, you know, early in the morning <laughs> that way I'm rested and <laughs> That's not the plan for me again. Yes. It so it's not. Plan. So Mother Nature was like, uh, yeah, Erica, that's not going to happen like, this time. So full of experiences. <laughs> that's it. So your your second set of twenties. Now you find out that they're identical. Yes. And when what week was that that you realized that okay, now we have identical twins. We're going to have a whole kind of different situation with this pregnancy. So. Um, it was confirmed. I think it was during the like the anatomy scan at 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. The first, the second appointment when they told me that I was having twins, the doctor kind of mentioned that it looked identical because he only saw one bag. Okay. But then I went to like the actual ultrasound tech and um, she was saying, oh, I'm not sure. So they kind of confused me. So I was like, maybe I'm not having identical twins. But then during the 20 week scan there, they just confirmed that it was because okay. I guess they were having trouble seeing like the separations of the membranes. Mm-hmm. But I, it was just a complicated pregnancy because it, I guess back then it was already the um, twin A. Mm-hmm. Her bag, she didn't have a lot of am- amniotic fluid. Okay. So she already, like, you couldn't really see her membrane was so close to her skin. Okay. So they assumed that they were, like, Momo twins. Uh-huh. 
but then later on they found like the membrane how was so close okay so then it's they were moldy twins but they're okay. identical okay so when did you realize that you now because they were identical that you had further complications at the 20 week scan so at that same week so that week you were like okay we weren't sure but now we now know and they when did they diagnose you like officially was it that 20 to that 20 weeks for twin to twin transfusion syndrome so basically it all started because you know they do the um the blood work mm-hmm. and the doctor told me that the um the california screening test came back positive like for the genetic screening okay so they suspected I might have that the babies might have Down syndrome. So okay. then I went to the genetic counselor. She was just giving me like a full rundown of everything. It, this was right before my 20 week scan. So then as I go into the 20 week scan, um, they found that 20A, her stomach was, um, it was big, like the I guess it was the bladder. She couldn't mm-hmm. pee. It was all just stuck in there. It just looked big and there was so much room in there. Okay. So that's when like they all, they started seeing, you know, like different, different issues. Things. Okay. Yeah, different issues that were happening. They didn't know what it was, which is why they wouldn't say it was a twin to twin transfusion syndrome, mm-hmm. but they thought it might be, but um, it was probably confirmed like a month after and it was because of tiktok because i started posting my journey and then you know like a lot of different moms share their experiences they told me i mentioned that they might think it was twin to twin transfusion syndrome so then one of the moms said well um just really look into it like kind of pressure the doctor into like looking into it because it was too late for me when they found out that it was the twin to twin transfusion syndrome um, it was too late. So then my babies passed. And as soon as I read that, I was like, in my next yep. appointment, I was like, uh, can you please just get a special, um, yeah, like Good the for specialist you. for this, because I want to know if that's what it is. And the crazy part was that I went, they scheduled everything fast because obviously these things like you need to do them um, quickly. Yeah, you got to move quick. Yeah. Um, so we went on a Monday to the specialist. He said he also was kind of iffy. He said, this is like stage one, but he still decided to go through with the surgery for the next day. And then I remember being in the bed, like, cause I was awake during the surgery and he was mentioning, oh, wow, this is a stage four. This turned stage four overnight. So I was like, so happy that I just, you know, got to it. And I was like, no, I just need to get I just need confirmation because um, I think that possibly saved my baby's life for a plan A because she's the one that was suffering at all. So basically it was literally TikTok saved your children. Yeah, basically, because I mean, I'm new to all this. I'm not sure. Like I wasn't sure of anything. Like I don't even, I didn't even know what twin to transfusion syndrome was like, Mm -hmm. It's just people's experiences, how they were telling me. And then another other moms were like, yeah, that's what my babies had. I went through with the surgery and they're yeah. now 18 years old or, or, you know, like just read like different stories or, or yeah. they're one year old. So that kind of pushed me to just 
get to it and like tell the doctor to do something about it. So that was 21 weeks. You think 21 weeks you had your surgery or do you remember when you did? No, it was at 25 at 25. It was still, I'm telling you, it was like, um, like a month from when they started mentioning it. Okay. Like they were iffy about it. Like then the next week, the next doctor was like, cause they had different doctors yeah. seeing me each week because they guess, I guess they want a second opinions. Okay. The, the second doctor was like, no, I don't think this is twin to twin transfusion syndrome because twin B looks normal. I guess for it to be twin to twin transfusion syndrome, twin B has to look way bigger yeah. than normal. And twin A or the other twin has to be smaller. Yes. But um, since twin B still looked normal size and everything, she didn't think that's what it was. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's it's how true. I kept carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. Because commonly with twin to twin, it's that basically there's a donor twin who's receiving everything and then, you know, uh, oh, that's giving. And then the, the recipient twin, that's the bigger twin that's receiving everything. So if there's not like a huge, huge size disparity, people sometimes just dismiss it. But in your case, I'm, I'm sad that they didn't that it took them so long, but whatever, it doesn't matter. 25 weeks, you had your surgery, you go home. What do they tell you from there? Do they say, listen, here are the signs of preterm labor, look out for these things, or don't worry, you're going to make it to 38 weeks again. What type of uh, advice do they give you when you're after your surgery? So after the surgery, they basically say that you well, for me specifically, since they knew I already had a set of twins, they told me that I couldn't do anything, that I need a lot of help, that I just, I couldn't pick up anything from the floor. I couldn't mm-hmm. carry my twins. I couldn't do, I couldn't be active. I basically just had to, you know, go on full bed rest. Chill. Yes. Um, because they said you have a hole already in your, like in, in, in your stomach, like mm-hmm. in the, the, your water is most yes. likely to break if you do anything. Okay. okay. So they told me anything like minimal possible. Like I just had to stay, stay on resting, bed rest. relaxing. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, let's hold this thought. And I want to take a quick break. And when I come back, I want to talk about what happens after that 25 weeks and after your surgery. So sit right there. I'll be right back. you. It's me, Nat, a Twiniversity. If you are currently expecting and you're like, what? There's a Twiniversity class? I want to say welcome. Welcome out of the bunker. Yes, Twiniversity has been teaching classes for over 10 years and we have taught literally... Is that the right way to say it? Literally, literally thousands of expecting twin families all around the world. And we want you to be one of them. So head on over to twiniversity.com slash classes. Check out our online class, our in-person classes, our live online classes. There is a plethora. Fancy word of the day. I got 50 cents for saying that word for, um, what was I saying? See, now this is what happens. I get distracted, but in a good way. Yep. Join us for a Twiniversity class, twiniversity.com slash classes. I can't wait to have you in there. You will learn things like, oh my gosh, what are the things that I can't do too soon? Oh no. How do I change a diaper? What is my partner supposed to do on delivery day? Yeah, we got you covered. We've been there, done that, and literally wrote the book. So check us out at twiniversity.com slash classes.
All right, Erica. So we are at 25 weeks. You had your twin to twin transfusion syndrome surgery. You're awake during it, which I don't think that many people realize. And, you know, the, the surgery is so unbelievable. It's not performed all over the country. There's only some hospitals. Well, it is performed all over the country, but not at, it's not at every hospital. It's got to definitely be um, you got to check around because even here on the East Coast and like you on the West Coast, it's not every hospital that does it. But there are some hospitals who are um, very well versed because they do it a lot, a lot. And then some people with not as much experience. But as Erica said, it could really just pop up. So you definitely have to, to keep an eye on things. So 25 weeks, they send you home. You have to be on complete and utter bed rest. You're not even allowed to pick up your older 20s who were still babies at the time and your older daughter, how could you, how did that, how did you manage that? Honestly, I had a lot of help from my husband and mom, but I mean, my husband, obviously he's working. Mm -hmm. So my mom was like practically helping me through it all. Like she would come and the thing that helped was that I already had a schedule for my first set of twins. Mm -hmm. Um, so my mom just would follow the, the schedule, but basically she was the one doing everything for me. And I am really grateful for that because I don't know how, would, how I would have done it yeah. if she wouldn't have offered me that help. Moms are the best. Thank yeah. God. Thank God for us. And then we'll eventually do it for our kids if, and when they need us. Yeah. yeah so of now course. fast forward, you make it to 29 weeks. What happens? Like what, what happens? Do you start feeling contractions at home? Do they see signs of preeclampsia? What led you to go into that hospital at around that time, a few weeks after your twin to twin uh, surgery? So that day, the day I went into the hospital, we were getting ready to go to my niece's birthday party, but as we were in her house, I was just sitting down in the table and I get up to to get something. And as I get up, I just feel like something rushing. I was like, wait, am I peeing or Mm -hmm. what's going on? So I tried to hold it in, but I, that wasn't working. So I just ran straight to the restroom. It was just like a little bit. So I wasn't sure it wasn't like, you know, like a big splurge of water or liquid, whatever fluid. Um, so then I decided to call the hospital and I explained to them what happened. And obviously mm-hmm. because of my whole situation with mm-hmm. the surgery and all that, they just suggested I come in to be seen. So I went into the hospital that day because I thought my water had broken, but they said it hadn't cause they checked. Okay. And, um, the only reason why I stayed or they this decided to keep me was because they were doing laps and, and and they saw that there was protein in my urine, mm-hmm. which is sign of the signs of preeclampsia. And um, I stayed there overnight and I kept wanting to like leave. <laughs> I remember I was I was ready to go back home because I wasn't expecting to be at the hospital and I missed my girls and they yeah. missed me too. They kept calling me to, like FaceTime and crying. They wanted to see me. <sighs> um, but then they decided to keep me an extra night. So I was like, oh my goodness. But I guess it's just meant to be because that night, that's when I started feeling like I guess the real labor pains, 
because mm-hmm. I started feeling contractions like, since before the surgery. I don't know. I just, my body was already mm-hmm. feeling like, I, I guess those are Braxton Hicks. But um, that night, it was like my first time actually experiencing real contractions because um, I couldn't take it. I kept telling the nurse, like, um, it's hurting me. So they kept trying to monitor because they didn't have anything on me, no IV or anything, because they were planning on on discharging me soon. Okay. But so then they had to like connect me with the um or monitor the babies, I, yes. I should say. And then they also have like the contraction one to see if I'm having any. And they're like, well, it doesn't show you're having any contractions. I was like, okay. So I I was like, maybe I should just use a restroom. I, I need to poop or something. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I kept feeling them like as the night kept progressing. I was trying to sleep and they would wake the, like the pain would wake me up. I was like, okay, this is not normal. So I kept complaining. And I guess one of those, I, and I, and the funny part was that, like I mentioned, I wanted to go home. So through the pain, it was hurting, but I was trying to be quiet because mm-hmm. like, I just like, I don't want them to hear me. And then they keep me another night. <laughs> so, but one of those, I just couldn't like take it. And I just started like, ah, and she's like, what's wrong. And I guess she saw my pain and that's when yeah. she finally decided to call the doctor and just like at 4am. So then he came in, he checked me and then he's like, oh, I feel the baby's hand. So what then the heck. So they just rushed me right then and there into to the OR and I had the girls and I was by myself. <laughs> like my husband was at home with the with my other girls. Like we weren't expect I wasn't expecting yeah. to give birth. Yeah. So then I just ended up giving birth there. Yeah. When you went into the hospital, did they do any internal exams to check your cervix or they were just doing external yeah, exams? They did. Well, they put like a metal like a metal it's kind of like the ones for the um i don't know what it, honestly i don't know what it's called but to check to get like cells i guess from inside or okay. the liquid from inside just to see if it was my water that had broken uh-huh. i'm not sure if they checked for the cervix but i think they did because i do remember hearing her say that my cervix still looked good okay so it might have been something that happened just like overnight again. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because it, it just all happened so quick. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. So they take you into the OR. You have an emergency C-section. You deliver your babies now and it's 29 weeks. Is it 29 weeks on the day or 29 weeks in a few days? And like five days. So 29 weeks, a few days. How big were they when they were born? <sighs> like two pounds. Yeah, they were, they were like two pounds and, um, the length wise, honestly, I don't remember that well. <laughs> like I know I have the cards and everything, yeah. but from that day, everything was just like a big it's, blur. Yeah. Like, I remember, um, barely hearing a cry. Like, I guess they're so small yeah. that you could like, you could hear their cry, but it's like so faint yeah. that for me, it was like, Oh my gosh, like, is something obviously uh, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're preterm, yeah. but I, I guess I was just shocked as compared to my other girls. Like I've always heard like a big yeah. strong cry. Well, they were 38 weeks. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of different weeks when you had the twin to twin surgery, did they give you the steroid shots for the baby's lung development? Or they don't do that. Not then. So they give them to me that that 
that night I went into the hospital. Okay. So, it was so the day like, before you delivered, they gave them yes. this, gave you the steroid shot. That's yes. unbelievable. That, that is such a quick, quick delivery. Mm-hmm. And so now you have these babies, they're in the NICU still, you still have the bracelets on your wrist right now. Yes. And you, how are they doing? Like, how's the been, how's the NICU experience been since you have not had NICU experience wonderfully with your last three girls? How is this, how is it going? You know, it's kind of bittersweet because like I said, um, so now the, the girl's names are Lana and Celeste. Alana's the one that's, um, she's the one that's having complications. Okay. And then Celeste is over here, like doing like the best, like she's almost ready to come home. Like she already drank one full bottle. They're just waiting for her to continuously drink, you know, Mm -hmm. to eat more and, and, and to gain, continue gaining weight. But then you have Alana here who just had a surgery two days ago she has, she got a vesicostomy to get rid of her catheter because like I mentioned, her bladder was, Mm -hmm. you know, like she can't pee. So it's just hard because there's a lot going on with her and you can see the difference. She's still three pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to have her grow, but as time keeps going by, she still needs more surgeries. Okay. Um, it's just hard. Like there's a lot of things going on. So like I said, it's bittersweet. I mean, I wish none of them would be in the NICU, Yeah, but I think regardless whether I had them to term, she would have ended up in the NICU because she did. She does have a lot of complications. And okay, yeah. So are they going to keep like, does she need to have more surgeries before discharge? Or is it that they're looking and saying, well, around, you know, one years old, she's going to need this. Like, have they given you, you know, any information on what the future looks like? You know, so she was born with a they say a lot of anomalies uh, which is a lot of birth mm-hmm. defects you can say um as she, when she was born her esophagus isn't connected to her stomach okay so her stomach like the two that's supposed to be connected like all the way up it was connected to the trachea so mm-hmm. when she was born all the air she was breathing was going straight into her stomach and like oh. up, so she had to have that um her kidney is not working completely because of all the like her bladder issue all the pee she was collecting i guess mm-hmm. it just kind of messed yeah. with it which is why she's having trouble with that. Okay. She's, they still haven't figured out what's going down in her. Um, I forgot what they call it, but like, and then like in her, um, her bladder, her, where okay. she's supposed to pee from. So her urethra. So that, yeah, so, so over yes, there. Okay. Her urethra, yes. So there's like many things they don't ever tell me like, they don't confirm when yeah. she's going home, they don't confirm if she's going to have surgery soon mm-hmm. or if like how far along they're going to be, because basically they say like how they say in the NICU, it's whatever she shows she's ready for. Yep. And since she's having trouble with her kidney, like the food that everything she's eating, like she's not gaining weight mm-hmm. as she should. So their, their main goal right now is just for her to gain weight and to okay. grow bigger for her okay. to have more surgeries. So I'm not okay. sure she's going to 
I mean, I'm sure she'll have more surgeries even after she comes home, but yeah. for the, for right now, I'm just not sure when she's coming home. Was she baby A or B? She was baby A in my stomach, but she turned into baby B because she came out second. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was she the donor or the recipient? Like when she was born, was she the, was she bigger? She, no, she was the smaller one. Okay. Okay. So, um, I think she was a donor. It was so in general, you could, the best thing that they told me when my babies were in the NICU was that you can't expect them to go home till their delivery date. Like literally mm-hmm. if they come home before the delivery date, you're, you're doing great, but odds are, you know, if mother nature had a plan for them. And so now they're going to just try to replicate it medically. And we're very lucky, lucky knock on wood that, you know, we do have the medical, the everything's that we have and the doctors that we do have. And it's really miraculous how much she's going to grow in the next month. So yeah, so she's still got another five weeks there. It's looking like if we want to go by, by due mm-hmm. dates and a lot of stuff is going to happen, but it's, it's nerve wracking, you know, how's the support in the hospital? Do you have a social worker in the hospital that is kind of guiding you through everything? Or is it just the nurses that are helping you? Actually, it's, it's pretty great. Um, they have like a, a different, um, I do have a social worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nurses are also helpful, um, but it's called palliative care. Mm-hmm. So there's like a specific person that comes and like um, she drops by Bridget. She always stops by to see how I'm doing. She holds meetings for me with the doc. She Yeah, she helps create these meetings with the doctors. She's there while they're like, you know, talking to me. She's she's obviously um uh, she knows more. So as they're there speaking, she'll ask questions for me that I didn't even think of like mm-hmm. asking or, you know, she's, she's very helpful. And then they have psychologists that um, help um, too with the process. Um, there's chaplains that come and pray. Like they have like a whole team. Good. And then they also have some, um, another person that she helps with my daughter's at home. Mm -hmm. So like they come and bring little things like that they're from sisters or like they come and tell me, Oh, this is how you, you can tell your daughter this or or books on what to say to her or, you know, if I ever need help, like summer, which is my oldest, if she ever comes and asks me like, Oh, why are they still in there? Like if I need help explaining, they help me. That's great. What to say. So it's a great, like, it's a great team. That's really, like really great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Does California have a process that basically like the babies could start receiving like financial support once they're born? I know that when babies are born under a certain weight, that some states automatically put them on like social security and it's really starts making it a little bit easier yes. for the families that have to deal with that. Is California a state that tries to help their yes. families? Good. Yes. So um, right away they sent like a form to apply. Mm-hmm. It's um, I forgot the specific name of it, but yes, like they do help. It's it's the CDC. I know the abbreviation. I just don't know like the okay. <laughs> stands for. But yeah, so you do apply for it, and then they're very good with helping with with all that. Good, 
Good, yes. good, good. Yeah, it's unbelievable how like the country, it's not a federal program. It doesn't make sense to me. It should be yeah, federal yeah. if we're all going through this at the same point. But some states, hopefully, you know, if anybody's listening to this and your babies are born under a certain weight, the social worker just kind of comes right into play and they start getting, yes, you know, the certain yes. support services, even for post-discharge that, mm-hmm. you know, if the babies needed any medical equipment at home or if you needed, you know, any special anything or therapies or interventions, they're really good about that. And I was hoping that California, I would imagine that California yes, would be pretty yes, good about yes. that. So they do. Yes. And I'm very grateful for that too, as well. Very, very good. So I really like, I'm not going to keep you any longer because you got to go back to the babies, but I'm, I'm so thankful that you shared this and it's unbelievable how, even if you have, you know, a few sets of twenties, how different everything could be. Yes, and yes. I, I cannot believe, but it's, it's TikTok is something and all social platforms are amazing. And I know that people are like, oh, it's not good for the kids and oh, it's, it's been, <laughs> I think it's what you take from it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really what you take from it. And I love that, you know, you got really, really good advice. I've received really good advice from it too, for, you know, if I'm out there, even sometimes on Twiniversity, I'll put out like an SOS. And the funny part is, is sometimes those questions are for me, but it's great. <laughs> it's great when you yeah. have a community, whether they are virtual, in person, whatever, it doesn't matter, but you, we really, really can learn a lot from each other. And honestly, Erica, I think I really thank you for your time today and we learned a lot from you so thank you oh thank you for having me it's a pleasure being here (laughs) don't be ridiculous and we can't wait to hear the updates on the babies and we're definitely gonna stalk you and follow up and it's great because we can find you on tiktok which is so fantastic so yes and i'll be updating there so (laughs) good so we're gonna put all the links in the show notes below so that everybody could follow erica too and for those of you that are listening if you have questions and you don't have if you're not on that platform you could email them to us at community at twiniversity.com or you could send them us a message on any different social platform we're just at twiniversity everywhere just slip on in to our dms and erica thank you again for joining us thank you so much you got it (laughs) for the rest of you guys enjoy your day and i will see you later alligators thanks for listening 